I would work at a place. I'd like max out my compensation plan. Am I going to advance into a leadership role or I need to go find another job? And I saw this guy's progress and his hunger and how talented he was. And I'm like, bro, why don't you come with us? If you start to grow more wealth, time becomes more valuable. You'll always pay to shortcut. If you start hanging out where rich people hang out, like WealthCon, people who are wealthy are going to be there. Anybody who's an expert in any field, they're like one or two phone calls away. Oh, so yeah. we're able to learn best practices from all of these great entrepreneurs very, very quickly. You're not paying for the entire year's salary. You're paying for three months of it. If they're not 10xing what their salary is, you got to move on. So many people, they get caught up doing all this other stuff. Wholesaling. Now I'm going to go do Turo. It just never works out because you have to gain the skills before you can actually grow a business. They don't find the one skill that's going to get them to a what is this person worth? How hard are they to replace? What other opportunities does this person have? My biggest piece of advice, if you're on the employee side or the owner side, is... What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Way Podcast, where my mission is to help you not go broke trying to get rich. We want everyone to live the wealthy way. And today, I've actually got a guest who is an employee, but um, is somebody who has risen through the ranks all the way up to COO of... Pineda company, which if you didn't know is our parent company. So this man is overseeing, you know, basically all <laughs> these companies that we're starting, acquiring, trying to scale. Um, he sees it all, you know, he's essentially my right-hand man for all that we're doing. And so I wanted to have him on cause he's never been on an episode fully to tell his story, but tell his story of how he's gotten here. And also, you know, talk about all these things that it's really like, um, you know, running from behind the scenes. Cause I talk about it all the time with delegation and, um, how I hand a lot of things off to people. Well, he's one of those people. So he's gonna be able to tell you a lot more about the crap that, <laughs> you know, we have to deal with to make all this happen. So I've got none other than Javi Chavez. What's up, man? Yep. Yeah. Happy to be here. So super excited. Yeah. Ryan delegates most of the stuff over to me. So, you know, it's mostly sunshine and daisies for him, but we, we get to see all the real stuff. So excited to share, share some of that, my story. So yeah, we can kind of get into it. Yeah, dude. So tell people um, just a little bit about your background. How'd you get here? Yeah. I mean, I'll start from the very beginning. So I don't tell like this part of the story very often, but um, you know, when I was like early in high school, it was kind of my first stint into sales. Actually, I was going to join the military. So I was going to join the Navy. Uh, so like I met with a recruiter. I didn't know that. Yeah. Almost signed paperwork. Um, and that was my junior year. My mom's like, you know what? No, wait. Like, see what you want to do. And I remember a guy drove, like he had just graduated, drives up in like a C-class Mercedes. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> what's that? And then uh, he actually was doing like an MLM. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's called Vima. And they asked, dude, they actually got in trouble because they were like recruiting all these young kids um, and making like all these false claims that you're not supposed to do. But anyway, um, so I got affiliated with that. Did okay. Like had like a few people under me, whatever. But um, I realized that I could talk and, you know, communicate, do sales, did some like presentations, that kind of stuff. And then at that point, like my, at least my mindset completely shifted. So that's what I credit it to. So I, you know, I, th I read Think and Grow Rich, started, that's actually where I found Grant Cardone, all these this other- back like, in high school? Back in high school, my senior oh, wow. year. That's yeah. So I was like, okay, like this is interesting. And then from there I ended up 
moving to San Diego, going to a JC. Um, and I was working at REI at the time and I was like, okay, I, like, I can't afford this. So you were working at REI, not real estate investing. <laughs> definitely not real estate investing. I was doing, you know, retail sales. I was actually selling <laughs> footwear. Uh, so to even go, I'm other sidetrack. Uh, I was an Eagle scout. So like I was big on camping, backpacking, all that stuff. So I got the REI job and yeah, I was literally selling shoes. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, if you ever want to get hiking shoes, uh, I'm your guy. Um, and then I applied for a car sales job. So I started working at Toyota for a year and that's where like the, the light bulb really hit where I was like, okay, I walked on the lot. I think I made like $800 in a day. I'm like, wow. Like for 18 years old, like this is, <laughs> this is sick. Um, and yeah, I sold like somebody came in, they traded in a car, sold it to coma and it was great. Um, so I was there for like a little under a year and I, I really enjoyed the sales process, but you know, all the stuff about being like a used car salesman, like the, the, the culture there was absolutely terrible. Yeah. So I, from there got into tech. This is in San Diego, San Diego. Yeah. So I was uh, nine. 1819 when I was doing that. How much did you make? Um, I mean, not a lot. I think probably like 70, 80K. Um, as a 19 year old? As a 19 year old. So, like, not a lot now, but back then I was balling. Like, and so all my friends were still in school. So, you know, whenever we would go do stuff, I was like, oh, I got it, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and my rent, I think at the time, I was like sharing a three bedroom house. It was like 600 bucks a month. So, my expenses were super low. Uh, and it was cool. I actually got a, I got a car out of it. I got a Tacoma. So, that was like my first like new car. Um, so taught me a lot and then got into tech sales. So I applied for a job and from there I was like, in, it was inside sales. I was making like maybe 80 dials a day. And I was like, wow, I can make the same income talking to, you know, all these people in a short period of time. And the sell was way easier too. So I was like, this is, this is the future. So I, <laughs> I did that for about three to four years. Actually, you don't know this too. Um, and then I got, tried my hand at marketing. So I was like, all right, like I did the sales thing. Maybe I want to, I started work for an agency for like eight months. And I was like, this is dumb. I, I <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on, hold on. By the way, guys, it's so funny because Javi told me this way after I hired him. He's like, yeah, you know, usually I switch jobs every year. I was like, yep. oh, okay. <laughs> well, I actually- so, so why, <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Why? What did I do wrong in not understanding that that's what you do and that's your nature? No, well, because I, I and actually I made a video about this too. But it's like if you're not growing in your role, right? Like I would I would work at a place I'd like max out my compensation plan. So like, okay, this is kind of my ceiling here. Like, are, am I going to advance into a leadership role in a short period of time, or I need to go find another job? Yeah. So, and the reason why I love working with you, and I've said this a few times, but it's, you know, there's always something new. I mean, we're negotiating on three different acquisitions right now. Um, we have new business problems. So it keeps me engaged, excited because I'm growing personally, financially and all that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. yeah. But so, so on the tech sales side, what were you, uh, what were you making doing that? I mean, um, you're still young. Yeah. So I, like by the end of it, I was doing just, I was doing like right around like 200, 220 was yeah. like all in. And that was right before I started working for you. Um, the average as I was going, I mean, it just progressively got higher, like 10, 20 K each year. Yeah. So yeah, by the end it was like, I was at right around like, yeah, 200, 220, uh, yeah. right before I quit and, uh, worked for you, which is a fun story we can get into later too. Yeah. But yeah, I did marketing for a year uh, for an agency. I was a social media marketing guy, kind of similar to what the people we have upstairs. So I would like back then with a video wasn't a thing. So I would make graphics on Canva, <laughs> <laughs> make captions and posts. So, and it, it was what, such what dumb businesses. What do that? Um, I was like, you know what? Like I sales, 
sales is a grind. I was like, okay, you know, maybe like I also, I also knew I wanted to run my own business at one point too. And I was like, okay, so like I have the sales stuff down, maybe try out marketing, see if I like that and, you know, create brands, all that type of stuff. And after less than a year, I was like, you know what? No, I need, I need to go back to sales because that's where I'm going to make way more money. My time is, you know, more, more valuable because I put more effort in all that kind of stuff. So then went right back into tech and that's where I was until I found you. So how long did you do tech sales for? Um, in total about, I mean, 10 years, maybe minus one for the year that I did marketing. So about nine years total. Yeah. And you jumped like into lots of companies. Yeah. Lots of companies. And it was great. I mean, so a couple of my favorite companies, one of my companies went public, which was really cool. Ended up having, like I have small shares in there. That's called get around. So they do peer to peer car sharing. So similar to, um, Turo. So if Turo's Uber, get around's Lyft. So the cool thing, like, so what I would do is I would sell these big, like almost like, you know, Houston. So similar to that, where these guys have like car rental companies, I would sell them on bringing all their cars on the platform. Ah, okay. So you were going to, you know, car rental shops, Mm -hmm. local ones and trying to get them on. Exactly. So I would talk to like a single owner, but where the big money was, was getting like these like smaller car rental shops, like near the airport or other things and having them list all their cars on the platform. So that was a fun one. I actually really enjoyed that company, but with tech, there's lots of layoffs. So I, uh, I, they, um, they were taking on a bunch of capital and spending it all. And the way they did it was they would have a hub for every market that they were in. Instead of having one central HQ, they were in all these different markets. And so when they got their latest round of funding, the, you know, the, um, venture capitalists came in and they're like, Hey, this is super inefficient. <laughs> you should have, I don't think this business is going to make money. <laughs> yeah. You should have one hub where I like a San Francisco hub or whatever, as opposed to having all these small, like we were in WeWorks basically. And it was like a team. So it was like a sales guy, a marketing girl, and a VP of operations all in one central hub. And so they're like, you know what? Like scrap that. So they laid off all of their local locations Mm. and um, they brought it all in house. So got it. Yeah. So, I mean, they gave us a good severance though. So I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you kind of bounced around doing tech companies. You, you learned, uh, culture, like what was one of the biggest things you learned? I think the best benefit, the thing that I was able to apply from those things here, number one is how to grow into like these companies were doing, you know, a hundred million dollars in sales. And so like, what does that organization look like? So for example, the last company that I worked at before working for you is called Hoppin and they were the fastest growing company to go from zero to a hundred million. They did in two years. Wow. Uh, So I'm sorry, second fastest. We got Slack in which everybody is pretty familiar with. So Slack did it faster. Um, There was a mix of a good product, right? And then the market conditions. They did virtual event software and it was 2019, 2020. So so our clients there were like, you know, uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, they all were using us for either internal events, external events, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, COVID definitely skyrocketed that. But to answer your question, it's a lot about like, what does that organization look like at a huge scale? You know, what motivates employees, especially sales teams, you know, another company that I worked for, they had a hundred SDRs or a hundred setters. And so they had like a feeder system through the local college. And so they would just like have these kids go through internships and just be cranking dials. And this was before, you know, the carriers were um, as tough as they are now. But so that was cool. And so what does like, what does that type of sales team look like versus, you know, other sales teams? So I got to see in my time, even though I bounced around a lot, a bunch of different organizations. I'm like, okay, what looks good? what looks bad 
and that kind of stuff. So Got I think it. that's, and I can weed out BS now too. Right. So like, I'm really good at recruiting because I've number one interviewed at a lot of places and I've also, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> yeah. And, but I've seen what, you know, these, what other people put on their resume. I'm like, okay, dude, this, this guy's BS, this guy's good, et cetera. So I feel like I, I, I've been able to condense a lot of experience into a short period of time. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, you know, obviously, um, I didn't just hire you, um, from LinkedIn or anything. Nope. <laughs> um, you actually started out as a student in our coaching program. So, what, what year was it? 2020. 2020. You yep. joined um, the all-star program, which was um, its very first year. Yep. And so you would have been one of like, do you know? Do you remember I was month? like one of like 30 to 40. So I remember. One of the thir- first 30. Yep. And so I found Ryan on TikTok. It was, you know, the peak pandemic. So I'm just scrolling through. I see this guy pointing to things, you know, <laughs> you, I, I think yeah, you and Mindy were doing like, I just let the switch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And so I go to your website. There's like no info on it. Um, <laughs> and so I book a call with Rohan and I actually I bought the course first. And then I watched your course in like a day and I was like, this isn't enough. Called Rohan at the time it was 15 K and like I, had made a little bit of money, but I'm like, okay, this is still a lot to me. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm pulling the trigger. So that was August, 2020. Um, my first mastermind I went to was November. Um, and yeah, that was upstairs in the office. I think we had like, yeah, 30 people there. Yep. And, but to backtrack a little bit, I, August joined sep- end of September. I got my first deal. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I just took massive action and yep. applied what I'd learned at you know, with all the tech sales stuff, I hired VAs right away, got my CRM dialed in. And then just, I think we made, um, 40,000 dials before I got that first deal. So for yeah, those of you who heard, that first deal make, uh, 15 K roughly. Okay. Yeah. You were in the, you were even, Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I broke even. We're good. Yeah, so yeah, anything in a month. I, yeah, everything. I, so yeah, it was uh beginning of August. So we'll two call months. it two months, you know, yeah. and, um, for people who are like joining the coaching program, you know, I took the first three weeks to like absorb as much information as possible. I was, I texted you a little bit. Um, but I'm also texted these like guys like Vlad Camacho, all these people who are in the program. And I was like, what are you guys doing? How does this work? And so like absorbed as much info as possible. And then I just applied it. You know, one thing you did too, that, um, I now remember now that we're talking about it is, you know, I remember you came like a day early or something. Mm Mm-hmm. From the mastermind. I forgot and, about that. Um, you just asked, you're like, hey, can I just come hang out at the office and observe the team and the sales team and everything? And I remember you just sat there and, you know, you observed them and, you know, you're just learning and seeing how they do the CRM, how they're talking to sellers. And like, you know, you already had like ideas of what you wanted to do, but no one else really did that. Yep. And it's included, right? Like, yeah. Day, yeah. yeah. And that's why I saw, I was like, okay, day at the office, I'm going to show up a day early. Yeah, I totally forgot about that now that you mentioned it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I literally sat there and because I, when I worked at these tech companies, by the way, nobody what, takes advantage of it. Yeah. That. And you but absolutely like, should. It's <laughs> like, in there. Like it's it, in the yeah. coaching program. Show up, sit there. You can shadow the sales team. You can talk to Monty, the rest of our dispo team, whoever, and like whatever questions that you have, you're going to get answered by people who are doing, you know, I, I tent hundreds of deals, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think it's very underutilized, but yeah. Yeah. And I, that's the same principle that I learned working for these tech companies. I would just go like one of the days you just shadow people. And we, we do that with our employees right now too, but it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. Absorb, analyze, and then 
the biggest thing though is take action. And that's what we learned. We're doing this three day challenge right now. And all these people are like analysis paralysis. I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you just got to do something. Yeah. Honestly. Well, the <laughs> thing is better than nothing. Well, and they're also like, uh, man, you know, because there are always the people are like, well, we can learn for free. And, and I'm like, and so I, I asked the people on the challenge, I go, guys, how many of you, how long have you guys been following me? And people were like, oh, a year, two years. And I'm like, why haven't you got a deal yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been a year. The I, I've put out information on how to find mm-hmm. deals. It's not like I've hidden in the information. Yeah. So why don't you do it? And, you know, people are like, uh, I'm like, because you don't have any skin in the game. Like nope. at the end of the day, like you, you have no ramifications if you don't do it. Yeah. You know, there's no, you didn't lose any money. You didn't, you know, you, it's just you have nothing to lose. And so mm-hmm. you don't take action because you're comfortable with whatever it is you currently do. Yeah, it's true. And that, and you mentioned it too on, on the call where it's like, there's the accountability, there's the community. Like once I joined, I was like, okay, there are all these other people who are doing it. And I remember Vlad, I think at the time was like 21. Yeah. And I was like, okay. and when I joined, I think I was what, 25, 26, right around there. Yeah. And so I, I was like, okay, if this kid can do it, this 21 year old <laughs> yeah, is making is crushing six it. figures. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it. Right. So being around other people who are also successful and then just duplicating the process. hundred percent. Yeah. And by the way, guys, you can go to wealthyinvestor.com and uh, book a call with the team today. It's much different than when Javi booked. It's way better. You know, three years. <laughs> You'll get a call back very quickly and yep. all that. Um, so yeah, you know, you join, obviously you impressed me just from your work ethic like three years ago. And obviously I wasn't looking at you as like an employee or anything. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, like this guy, he gets it, dude. He's working hard. He's already got a deal really quick. And, you know, you had already set up CRMs and stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember having the team ask you about it yep. because we were like, bro, like you set that up on your own. Like you, <laughs> you just only got one deal. Like, yep. what did you do? And then you were explaining all the stuff that you were doing in tech and like you set up your own CRM and your own, you know, VAs. And I'm like, dude, that's impressive. You know? So you end up doing that. Um, how does your real estate career play out? Cause you're doing yeah. it while you're still working tech. Yep. So I did everything part-time too. And I, I which is kind of counterintuitive to like what we talked about, like what you talk about too. It's like, we, you have to quit your job or like how much money do you need in order to quit? And I remember, um, it's Jim Rohn says, make more money at your part-time job than you do your full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, then you can think about quitting. Um, and I actually never ended up quitting. And so this kind of is a good lead into how I ended up working for you anyway, but fast forward did about 180. 80 over the course of the two years, yeah, um, 100K, 180k of wholesales. Yeah, of wholesales part time. Yeah, yep. And then, um, and yeah, all wholesales. I, I, I did one JV that was like a wholesale deal. We did that to uh, Open Door, um, but aside from that, it was all part time. So I did that over the course of two years. Um, still doing the tech thing, and um, that's where. Ryan wanted to come to San Diego. I think it was like February of 2022 and you wanted to play golf. Uh, so we hopped on and then, you know, uh, we're in the cart and we're just kind of chatting. And then you said like, I was like, Hey Ryan, like I need some advice here. Like I'm doing the tech thing pretty well, you know, leveling up, running sales teams. Um, I'm also over here doing real estate, doing okay. Um, but I'm doing both at like a B plus, like I want to, I want to focus on one thing. And we honestly, like, and it's funny cause Davila was also talking to me about like sales stuff too at the time. And I didn't, I didn't know if it was coordinated or not, but then you, you offered like, yeah, why don't you just kind of do both for me? And then <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. So that was, I think Friday or Saturday we golfed 
Monday I quit my job and then <laughs> and then Wednesday I was working for you. So, <laughs> yeah. We move quick over here. <laughs> yeah. So well, and it goes back to what you just said, even well before that, you've always just taken action, right? Mm-hmm. You got on the sales call, you're like 15 grand's a lot, but screw it. I'm yep. gonna do it. You know, and then you take action, you you go through the course in a day, yep. you come to the office at the first opportunity, you know, you're doing all these things, like you've you've constantly shown that. Hey, when I believe in something, I'm just going to go do it. I'm not going to have analysis paralysis. I'm going to take whatever risk it involves and I'm just going to do it. Um, Which is very much how I'm wired too. That's why, you know, when I, you know, to, to give more context, that story, what was happening behind the scenes was, you know, early 2022, I was now starting to have like a lot of businesses. And so I was like, man, I need a way to streamline this better Mm -hmm. because we're going to keep starting and acquiring more. I was like, I need to build a parent company because they were all struggling with the same things like hiring, marketing, sales. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to build a parent company that can provide resources to all the companies. So, you know, I made Pineda company um, and I was looking for a sales trainer because I was like, man, or sales manager, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. I was like, I need somebody who can build sales teams across each company and manage them and train because we just don't have a guy. And, um, that was the last real missing piece yep. that I, that parent was missing. And so Davila and I had been talking for a while. We were like, man, dude, like we need to find sales trainer or sales manager. I don't know who it's going to be. Like, do we have any ideas? Do we have options? Like, especially in the education space as anyone that we know have done sales teams and we, you know, we never talked about you. Like mm-hmm. maybe he had thought about it on his own, but he never communicated it to me. Yeah. Cause, cause he like yeah. a week before we had golfed, he was like, he was talking to me about like, it was random. He was just like, Hey, like, how you been? How you doing? And like, I, I was kind of he always, but he checks yeah, in with all the everybody. Students. Yeah. And then, yeah. but then it, I was, we, then we started talking about sales and like CRMs and all this other stuff. So I think like the wheels might start turning and uh, yeah. So it's just interesting timing. Yeah. Cause I actually went to San Diego to speak at an event. Yep. And every time I speak at an event, guys, I always golf. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go golf in San Diego. And then I just started thinking in my head, I'm like, who in San Diego golfs that I like? (laughs) I was like, oh, Javi's in San Diego. Let me hit him up. So I just hit you up and I was like, hey, you want to golf? And you were like, yeah. So, you know, you pick me up from the airport. We, you know, on the way to golf. And then you asked me that question. You were like, yeah, dude. So, you know, I'm thinking like, I don't know what I want to do. Like Mm -hmm. I, real estate's cool. But like, I'm not super passionate about like building a wholesale business and you're like, tech is cool. I'm good at it, but like, I'm not super passionate about tech. Um, I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Like, I think you need to pick one. (laughs) And then just like, as we were driving, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, hold on. I was like, what do you do at your tech job? Yep. Because I didn't even really know. Mm -hmm. And you were like, well, I'm a sales manager. I manage all these sales teams and stuff and I get paid based on that. I was like, so you're a sales manager of a big organization. (laughs) (laughs) Huh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I just started thinking about it and I was like, so what is it you like doing? And you were like, I mean, I like sales and I like managing people. And I don't remember what your exact answer was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what if you had opportunity to manage sales of lots of companies and grow them. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah. And I was like, 
why don't you just do it for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no brainer. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I think you sent me a, a, a text message offer. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, yep, done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, honestly, I can't pay you what they're paying you right now, yeah. but the upside will be greater, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just text you what I thought was fair right at this moment. And I was like, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take for you to quit your job or anything mm-hmm. and, you know, get started, but whatever. And then like you said, it was like two days later, quit Wednesday, you're signing employment agreements and we're getting to work. And then, you know, eventually you moved to Vegas. When did that happen? That happened in July. Eventually like, so maybe three months later you were already like, all right. Yeah. I mean that. And the other part of the story too, was like, I went from like having a salary, um, taking a smaller percentage of rev. And then after understanding the growth and everything. I was like, screw the salary. Like, yeah. let's, let's just go all in here. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, so that was, so February I joined July is when I move out here. And same thing to, to your point about just being decisive. I was like, you know what? Like if I don't like it after a year, whatever, I'll, I'll move back to San Diego. My life will still be there. Yeah. Um, but like we got to at least see the opportunity through and like really go all in and be here yeah. and it's paid off. Yeah. So, you know, now it's been over a year. Um, and obviously we've done a lot of different things. I mean, the existing companies have grown. Um, you know, we've shut down some companies, we've mm-hmm. acquired some companies, like we're constantly just either growing, pruning, or scaling. <laughs> yep. You know, what it's there's just always or acquiring, I should say, growing and scaling are the same. Um, but you know, for youth specifically, um, you know, you, you've, you've worked in behind the scenes, like for the last year and a half on just different parts, right? You started as a sales manager Mm -hmm. and it was mainly focused on wealthy investor. Then, you know, you, you built sales teams for Mm -hmm. the rest of the the companies. Mm -hmm. And then, um, as time went on, we didn't like, we unknowingly didn't realize it, but you were more like acting like a COO than you were a sales manager. And even Davila had started to notice that too, where he was like, Javi's great, but like, Javi's really like an operator. Yep. Um, because he's like doing all these different things and hiring people and mm-hmm. like so he Davila started to catch on to what you were supposed to be doing pretty quick. Yeah. And like and to that point, I, I think it's if this team just needed a sales manager, I probably would have just done that. But because we were, you know, we moved CRMs, we're rebuilding all these automation, and I'll be the first to say that I'm not the best at that either. But I was better than what we had yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the time. And so now we've, you know, as we've grown, we've scaled. I've been able to like hire people who are, you know, better at the, the nitty gritty. But at the time I was like, I understood what the business needed and I just filled that role since no one else was doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's for anybody who's trying to like level up at your organization. I think that's something that you got to do is, you know, look and see what the business needs and obviously like document and, you know, make sure that you're getting recognized for it. But do the extra things because that's what is going to help you level up down the road too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how I ended up as COO. I think we just ended up adding all these operational things that needed to get done. And I just kind of fell into it. Yeah. Oh, well, we had a thing back with Gary. Yep. Gary Harper. Um, and, you know, we basically reorganized. He's like, well, yeah, this guy's the COO. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, that... And I had already kind of like started to think like, yeah, that's basically how he's functioning. And, you know, Noel, who was the COO, went to CFO and 
mm-hmm. you know, it's been which, good. Which, yeah, and it made sense because that's kind of, that was her job function anyway. That's too. what she was doing. Yeah. And she does great at it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, we, uh, obviously like the road has been, um, the, the road started with you joining the program and now here and the same, the same is true for Brian Davila. You know, he started out joining the program years before and then, you know, now, and a lot of our, like the Boakley's are our head coaches. Yep. Um, we have a bunch of other people who have gone into our ecosystem and are either working with us at some capacity, like Alex, you know, he does yep, like a yep. lot of our stuff, uh, yep. like as far as graphic design. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's opportunities that present themselves once you're in a community. Yeah. Because yeah. Y- you now get the chance to actually show off your talent too. Exactly. And then not even with us either. It's like the deals that get done together. People are doing each other's podcasts. It's just the network in general. So obviously like we're at the peak of that, but then there's all the other things that happen in our ecosystem that we're not even aware of. Yeah. No, which is good. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things was up to this point, um, we were strictly about, um, starting up companies and, and we'll get into acquisitions here later, but you know, what have been some of the the challenges you have seen behind the scenes of like problems that we have to fix? Um, I think part of it is that we've just grown so quickly in a short period of time that the, biz- the, the business isn't the same as it was six months ago. Yeah. So the people who have been here for a very long time, they have a hard time adjusting to like this new structure and this new growth. So it's how do we continue to not only drive like your vision down, but maintain the culture too. And like, and make sure that the culture stays um, high performing, I, I think is like one of the biggest challenges when you change so quickly and so many new people get added to the teams. It's like, how does everybody still have the same vision? I mm-hmm. think is one of my big, one of the things that like keeps me up at night. Yeah, because I'll tell you this. I mean, now it's to the point where every week, you know, I walk in the office and I see someone new. Mm-hmm. I don't know their name. I don't know like what they do. I don't know what company they work for. Yep, it's true. You, you know, like they they're all different, and a lot of them are even like scared to introduce themselves. <laughs> yeah, they, so they, they keep their head down. Yeah, <laughs> they're like oh, that's Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't know if you work here or not. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so funny, but uh, yeah, I forget like where I saw this, but it's basically like there's different stages and challenges that you have like at your certain revenue numbers, and where we're at revenue wise, like the challenge that we're seeing in our own business and what other businesses see is building that next layer of leadership. Mm-hmm. So for us, right. It's like me, you, Brian, like has typically been like the leadership structure for, for a long time. And then of course, Monty. Yeah. Um, but now as we grow and as we scale, we need like to build up the, the, the next, like the VP level of people. Right. So that would be like Danielle, Steven. Mm-hmm. I, I just like Zeddy, all those types of people who are, um, now that middle management team, yeah, yeah. that's, that's going to be our challenge. And that's kind of what I, I've tried to focus on right now. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, org charts and everything start to become more complex than, yep. you know, when it's just you and one person, it's easy. <laughs> if, yeah. it's, if it's you and even five people, it's pretty simple, but yeah, with where we're at and having a parent company and different other companies makes it, um, a lot harder. Absolutely. Yeah. And what we're seeing now too, like what I, what I'm seeing is, um, you used to be the visionary and then you, it was okay having just a operator in each business. But as you continue to grow, each business needs its own visionary and operator Mm -hmm. as opposed to like having you be that person because you're, 
great, but you're just spread so thin. And mm -hmm. so to be dependent on you to make a decision as opposed to just having an operator in there um, or having both a visionary and an operator is another you know, challenge that we're, that we're encountering right now. Mm -hmm. It's a good challenge and it's fun and uh, empowers more people to make decisions. But that's, that's the next thing that we're looking for. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, you know, that's why everything with wealthy education has done great is because, um, you know, Brian Davila is basically like that visionary, mm -hmm. um, in there. And then, you know, we've got integrators in there and I'm more so, you know, on the, the face and ownership side and, mm -hmm. the, and you make the big decisions. Like yeah. yeah. And I, obviously we execute a lot of my ideas, but, mm -hmm. um, there's other people coming up with ideas too. That, and that's sure. the difference. Yep. And that's where we see like these businesses that might not no might not be here anymore. It's because, you know, we didn't have that dynamic, I, I think. And then obviously other things, but I, I think that's a huge reason why. And then that's really what I'm trying to build, build at media right now. Right. So having visionary I actually just brought on a really, really good operator, um, to has like 10 years of agency experience, all that good stuff. So if you're a media client, you know, your yeah. product's going to get a whole lot better. So yeah. that's exciting. Pinatamedia.com. That's yep. where we, um, that's our, one of our newer companies that we, you know, do social media editing and posting and everything for you. Yep. So, you know, we'll, we'll literally hop on a zoom with you for a couple hours a month and knock out, you know, helping you film videos and then we'll edit them. And, you know, it's really cool. Um, and one thing before we get into the next stuff too, that I remembered, um, I think one of our biggest strengths though, is being decisive. And I think that comes from what we were, where we were talking about earlier, which is like, we're willing to take action and then it's okay if we're wrong too. Yeah. And, you know, it, it comes back to, I know you've said this to students where, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Like to the yeah. student, you're already broke. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt when I was joining your program too. I was like, I've been way more broke than I am right now. Like side note, um, I made a post about this, but my, uh, when I was right before I got into car sales, my dad bought me like a thousand dollar tag cure watch and I was terribly broke. Yeah. Like, like I, and obviously I, I had money, but I was spending it on dumb stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I sold it like after a week and then to pay rent that month. Wow. Um, so that's how broke I was. Fast forward to when I actually had money. I was like, okay, 15K, like I've been way more broke than that. Yeah. And then now, you know, um, I was able to pay him back, got him a Roly. Uh, so that was <laughs> really good. So yeah, I got him a Submariner. So that was a cool feeling. Um, so, and then that was also because of what we've been able to do together too. Yeah. So um, yeah, anyway, point being that like, I think our biggest strength is being decisive, being able to, you know, like, weigh out all of our options and say, okay, this is what's the worst that could happen and actually play out. Okay. We'll be in an okay spot even if we're wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a very, um, at first glance kind of guy. So it's like, dude, if it seems like common sense at first glance, like let's roll. Yeah. You know, like why, what is there? Like if it just, cause a lot of people overanalyze something that's so obvious and you're just like, what the heck are, yeah. Yep. You know, but then there are things where I'm like, yeah, you know, this answer is not so clear on how to do this. And that's where, you know, then, uh, you know, it takes time. Yep. And, and so that's the thing. Like, I want to train our employees not to think like, oh, well, I got to get Ryan to approve this or whoever. Mm -hmm. Like, no, if it's common sense and it seems great, just do it. Yep, exactly. And that's like what I'm trying to get. Same thing. Like some, a lot of our like other leaders, I'm like, just go, go do it. And then like, bring it back to me and let me, and let me know how it went. 
type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I, I forget what, which leader does this, but it's like one of the big ones. It's like, don't come to me with a problem unless you have a solution or at least, or like, yeah, give like some sort of plan of action. Yeah. Right. And then, so that's what we're, I think I'm trying to empower our employees to do. Yeah. So talk about this. Like, um, you've, you've seen me start a few different things. Um, mm-hmm. but most of them like had an operator or a partner or something else. Um, you know, Pineda Media is a, a new one that didn't necessarily have that. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of from scratch. Um, I mean, obviously we had a foundation with, you know, all these other resources from my own social media. Yep. But tell me about like what it was like for you to try and build something like that out. That's been one of the most fun businesses for me because everything that we do, a lot of education, we do a lot of other things, but this is service. Right. So we are pushing out close to about 2000 pieces of content a month right now at media. Mm-hmm. Right. So logistically, and we've gone through a little bit of growing pains for sure, but logistically, how do we do that on the back end? Make sure everyone's getting billed properly, all that kind of stuff. So it was a really good test and it still is a good test of like project management. Also, you know, empowering very junior leaders to be able to come in and prove whether or not they're going to make sense and work. And so far it's, it's been, it's been pretty solid, but I think the biggest lessons were, and, you know, hiring from the top down, which I did a little too late. Um, it seems of getting like a a really good operator in there. Um, additionally, we're looking at, okay, what's the capacity per, we have these account managers, right. Who run these calls. It's like, okay, how many account managers do we need for all the clients that we're that we plan to bring on and that we have currently. And then, so to answer your question, I think the biggest lessons were, or are, always hire from the top down. And even if we have to wait a little bit longer, do that, um, sell, but make sure that you're providing a good product for your clients. So right now, you know, I'm not really focused on the sales team because we're still really dialing in, um, our processes. The good news is we're still like two and a half weeks booked out. So, um, we don't need, we don't need to worry about sales. Um, and, yeah. And then also providing as much information to your leaders as possible. I think we talked about this on another podcast where, um, I don't have a problem letting go, but the issue is, and it, you have to give your leaders or anybody as much information and frameworks and SOPs as possible to let them do their job, giving people to, I love freedom, but most employees don't operate that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part, right? Like, most people need to be told exactly what to do yep. for them to do it. Cause a lot of people either may not know, or they fear that if they do the wrong thing, they're going to get fired or, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, you got to be usually very strict with telling them what to do. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking of hiring from the top down, so this is a concept I've always talked about and um, what I teach our students. And it's this, like most people hire from the bottom up. So they say, Hey, I'm going to hire an admin. I'm going to hire this guy. I'm going to hire that guy. And, you know, I'm gonna keep hiring these people. And then from there, you know, they realize that they are both the CEO and the COO because they have to manage all of these people they've hired themselves. Mm -hmm. Plus they're the ones coming up with the ideas and, you know, running the company and all that stuff. So what I teach is I'm like, Hey, hire from the bottom down or sorry, hire from the top down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what that means is let's hire the operator first so that the operator can now hire this person, this person, this person, that person. And then, you know, they're the ones managing them. So now I just had to hire one legit person and let them do it. So, you know, that's usually why I partner with people because they're going to come in and be that person. That's why, 
Um, you know, acquisitions work great because they already have yep. like the operating team. But, you know, with media, to, to Javi's point, you know, we went into it like knowing it was going to be good. Um, we had like already teams built out, but th- there was no clear partner operator or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew we wanted to get it going because there was just so much demand for it. So, you know, instead of like waiting months to find like the perfect operator with no sales and, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing the problems we would encounter, we were like, let's just go for it. And Javi, you're going to be the operator Yep. <laughs> um, until, you know, we identify who we need and the problems and everything else. So, you know, you've basically been the operator for, you know, the last few months. Which has been a good thing, too, because I get to like I see every aspect of the business. Right. I was on sales calls in the very beginning. I've been on calls with our editing team. I've like given feedback on our edits, you know, so I've been able to have get a glimpse into how the business should operate. So it made it a lot easier for now when I found this person to be like, Hey, this is what your job is going to do, like look like and ensure that they're actually going to be able to get that stuff done. So while we should be hiring from the top down, it was a good one for me to be able to see all aspects of the business and know who I need to hire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a CEO of any company, you should know every part of your business for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the media side, I understand because mm-hmm. obviously I create media for a living. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been doing it for three years and we train people at wealthy creator and, and all that. But, um, I guess in the big picture of it, I still hired from the top down Yep, <laughs> because I said, Hey, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to, you're going to be the operator to start this. Yep. You know, if we're going to get this thing, thing rolling. Um, so we still did it. Yep. Just, you were just the guy. Yeah, I, I was just the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and, and shout out to the team over there. Like Zeddy's done a great job. Um, and we, we've finally, like we're at, I think our head counts like 10, 10 right now across like sales, operations, um, marketing. So scaling very quickly and excited to see where it goes. I think that, that it'll definitely be a million dollar a month agency in the next eight months, nine months. You think I think that quickly. I really do. And I, I'm, I'm overly optimistic a lot. Um, but we don't even say a year, you're like eight months. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I'm seeing where it is right now. I mean, we're already doing, you know, six figures a month and the team should be closing on the sales side. We should do 80 to a hundred in new business per person. Um, like they're, they're doing about around like 50 right now. And that's without a setting team. We just hired our first round of setters. That's without, um, you know, they're, they're, they're still getting better too. They're only on their like second or third month of really selling the thing Yeah, and our offer is going to get better. Yeah. Um, so I, as we continue to refine, I think that it's just going to continue to grow and it's our first really monthly reoccurring revenue business too. Yeah. Um, well, aside from true books, but, yep. um, yeah, so, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that it'll be a million dollar a month company. Yeah. No, I, I believe that 1000% yeah. too. Timeline we'll see, but if we can figure everything out, um, and that also doesn't include all the new products that we're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, without giving too much away, you know, we're going to do a lot of conversion funnels doing possibly get into paid media as well. So yeah, like just so people know, like my thought process with all this. So this is kind of how Pineda Media came about. You know, I started doing social media in 2020 mm-hmm. and I had to build out my own Pineda Media because it just didn't exist. People, there was no TikTok editors. There was no guys like out there doing it. There was no agencies who did it at a high level. 
And so I had to figure out everything from scratch. And so I built out my own internal team and in turn the last three years, that's what's, you know, helped build what we've built thus far. Um, but you know, we started a program called wealthy creator back in, um, man, like September, yes, September, September. So, you know, it's coming up on its first year, which is crazy. Yep. Um, so we started it and what I soon realized was even though we were telling them how to do it, how to find editors, how to do this, like people weren't doing it. And I'm just like, dude, guys, none of the stuff I'm teaching you is going to matter unless you actually post the videos. It's the same thing we're talking about with taking action. And it just kept happening. Like, dude, you know, I just can't find a guy. I can't find a guy. I was like, freaking, I'm just going to have to do it for him. Yep. And so, you know, we, we started to build Panetta Media and, you know, now we do the edits, which is great. And just like any business, we're going to keep getting better at that and streamlining it and working through growing pains. And, you know, it's going to keep getting better and better as time goes on. But um, then we start noticing all these other things that people need and want. So people are like, hey, we need landing pages. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need funnels. Help us film a course. You know, yep. like that's been a common one. Uh, you know, the event space we have. We want to throw events you know, studio, we have a studio now with multiple podcast sets, you know, it's like you keep hearing demand of what people want. And it's like, all right, you know, this is going to be on the roadmap. This is going to be on the roadmap. And it's like, you know, when you think about a sticky business, I mean, if you're running someone's social media, if you're running their landing pages and their funnels, you know, and their website, like, I mean, you're yeah. like running their business, <laughs> like a very yeah. big part of their business. The biggest part, honestly, yeah. like marketing, you say this all the time, I think, yeah. or maybe it's Cardone, but marketing trumps sales all yeah. day long. We both do. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. I mean, if you have great marketing, sales gets easy. Super easy. Like that's, that's the reason why our team's calendars are booked out for the next two weeks because, you it's know. It's not like they got the lead. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, um, I, I forget who uses this term, but you know, our, our closers are called like fat cat closers. They just sit there <laughs> and just take leads, crush it, make it, make a cool 300 K just yeah. sitting there taking calls all day. Yeah. So <laughs> fat cat closers. Yeah. I'm like, if I would have had that job when I was 23, 24, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I'm, <laughs> I'm, Brian and I joke sometimes we're like, dude, we should just go be closers. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to quit and be, a, I, I might be a closer. <laughs> um, uh, we're hiring by the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you guys um, are interested in jobs, you can go to Pineda.co. Yep. Pineda.co. Also Pineda company on LinkedIn does have some of our jobs too. So um, they're, they're on both places. Yeah. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it, media is like, I'm obviously super bullish on media. I don't start mm-hmm. businesses. I'm not. Um, but, you know, things are going really smooth and um, excited to see it because I think uh, it's a growing industry as well. Yeah. Right. Like we're, see, we're starting to see these little agencies kind of sprout up doing similar stuff to us. But I, I think we're still ahead of the market for sure. Well, I think our big competitive advantage is like me, like you yes. have the proven result. Like I've been refining this process for three years yeah. and I also am still refining it every, we just had a three hour meeting about content yesterday about Mm -hmm. my next strategy for what we're doing. And no other agency can say that. Agreed. And that's our biggest selling point too. Like we've done millions and millions and millions of dollars of organic marketing, Mm -hmm. like, and just from Instagram and YouTube, like obviously TikTok and the other ones too, but like Instagram and YouTube are our largest lead funnels. Yeah. And so for us, it's, it's easy for us to be, be the case study and say like, what other proof do you really need? And granted, obviously like we have other clients who are doing well. I'm starting my personal brand. I think like in three weeks I've reached like 
8,000 new accounts, mm. which is like, I mean, again, nothing compared to you, but pretty good for somebody going from zero to in three weeks, right? So yeah. the results speak for themselves. Like I said this back in 2020 and you were there, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, guys, you got to make content. Yeah. You know, like it's, I'm telling you, it's the, this is the time. If you guys don't want to do it, whatever, but you need to do it. I, I messed up. I, I, I started making content. You listened again. I did. I listened and then I, I fell off. But yeah, I did like. You got a lot of followers. Yeah, I have quick. like 23,000 on TikTok. And like, so I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it back a little bit. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, but yeah, I, all, the majority of my followers came in during that like first six month window where I was just making content. And this is also a good lesson for anybody who's like, doesn't have a great story yet. I was just posting about the journey. Yeah. Right. And granted, I took a lot of action. So I, I got some success. So I had a little bit of a case study. But for the most part, I was just documenting what I was doing. I was like, oh, I made 50,000. I made some dials today or like I recorded just posted recording calls. So like uh, I think you, one of the students, Levi, talks about this, too. Like you go all day talking to people. Um, you have so much content that you're creating. You just got to document that process. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I think that's, but yeah, to, to your point, you, you did tell me and I yeah. listened, <laughs> I, I told everyone, consistent. Yeah. but I, I mean, I was telling everyone in the coaching program, I was like, guys, you got to do this. And at the time, I mean, middle of 2020, when I was telling everyone, I mean, I had literally like 20,000 YouTube subs, maybe. Yeah. You had just, you were making like eight, I, mean, I was like, you were making six, like a hundred thousand on YouTube. Like you had done like an AdSense or something. I think you were doing like five to 10 K. And you're like, if I do this throughout the entire year, that's a six figure business. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, wow. Okay. Like this is, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause you're showing I, your analytics. Yeah. Uh, I had yeah. made 10 K that month Yeah, in AdSense, mm -hmm. which was crazy. Cause I actually did that my third month, which yeah. was super abnormal. And you know, which is weird today. Cause I still make 10 K today, <laughs> <laughs> even though I had no subscribers. Cause I had a viral video and yeah. all this crap, but also too, um, I was just telling everyone, I'm like, guys, like, I don't even care about the AdSense. It's the leads and everything I'm getting mm -hmm. from my business. And you guys can get um, investors. You're going to get deal flow. You're going to get all this stuff. You got to make videos. Yeah. And, you know, back then in 2020, very few believed me. Then in 2021, more students started taking it serious. Then last year in 2022, everybody was like, yep. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it, we, we have to do it. And even though like that feels like where things are, I still think oh, yeah. it's not even close. Like I think in, in 2023, 2024, people are going to be like, dude, like we can't just only rely on paid ads. We're yep. going to, we'll lose money. Well, and that's the thing too. Like our paid ads do so much better because we have all this organic content. That's what we tell people at media all the time. It's like, you can go spend money on paid ads, but what do you think they're going to do when they click on your profile? Yeah. And you have no content. Yeah. No content. They're like, okay, well there's nothing else for me to go off of here. So a lot of people, and this is what we see this all the time like, um, with like our tracking on the back end Now people will see an ad, but then end up going through our organic funnel. Yeah. But they saw the ad first. Yep. So in order for your ads to do better, you need to post and have organic things for them to go through. Well, also too, that makes it so that your, um, What's it called? Your, ROAS? Your, your organic gets stronger oh. because more people are becoming aware of you with ads. So exactly. it's like a cycle. That, or if they see an ad, they might not even, they might not convert today, but they follow you now. Yeah. And now they're going to see your content more and more. And eventually they're going to turn into a paying customer. Yeah. So it, it just increases your, your, your chances of closing them through ads significantly. Yeah. No, I think, I think content is just getting started. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are doing our three, 
our meeting yesterday just about my content strategy and like we were talking to different specialists that we have. And the cool thing is I hire all these specialists mm-hmm. who have worked with like all these other guys way bigger than me so I can understand what they're doing, how they think and all of that. And then, and then we just give it to Panade Media. That's what I was about to say. Then it trickles down to all of our uh, clients at media because, you know, we learn these best practices and we're able to apply it. And that's to quickly switch gears. That's what we do well at all of our businesses too. Like you just have a great network, like anybody who's an expert in any field, they're like one or two phone calls away. So we're able to like learn best practices from all of these great entrepreneurs, all these great, you know, operators very, very quickly. So fast. I mean, we were trying to work on like our pitch, um, at events and I was like, well, you know, I actually can just call like the guy who's the best pitcher of all time. Yep. You know, and this guy, his name is Jason Fladlin. He's going to come on the show. Yeah. And he's working with like fortune 100 companies all the way to like, I don't know who we can say he works with, but like a lot of the biggest influencers in the space who do offers. So, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's a, yeah, we can't say, but he's the best and he's like (laughs) underground, but like, uh, I was like, yeah, should we just talk to him? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, you know, call him up and then like, uh, even, you know, having the relationships with like Cardone's team and stuff and, and being able to say, Hey, I got a question about this. How did you guys do this? And then, you know, they give the answer and then hit up these guys and Mm -hmm. those guys, you know, content. All right. We, I need to know how Graham Stefan thinks about this. Let me go hit him up. I need to know how Mr. Beast thinks about this. Let me, you know, I don't directly know Mr. Beast yet, but I know one person away from him. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, oh no, this is what he would do. So yeah, there's there, there, that for sure. And this is, you know, goes back to like what we were discussing with my new strategy of, you know, we're like, Ryan, w- what do you actually want to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've made every type of video, you know, you've done podcasts, you've done house tours, side hustles, real estate, how to videos, car videos, watch video. I've literally <laughs> made every kind of video you can imagine. <laughs> If it, if, if it, if it makes money somehow, I've, I've probably covered it. Yep. Um, because that's my nature. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Like I'm not just a real estate guy. I love real estate and I'm good at it, but like at heart, I am an entrepreneur who's just like looking for the next Mm -hmm. opportunity that that could be better. And if it's not, then I'm going to keep my head down and keep dominating the things I'm building. Actually, that's going to happen regardless. But, um, Mm -hmm. You know, to that end, I think that so many people um, that they just, I don't know, they they get caught up doing all this other stuff and they get confused and they, I don't know. Well, it's the shiny object syndrome too, right? It's like, okay, like I'm going to do wholesaling. Now I'm going to go do Turo. Now I'm going to go do this. And then so like they they never get good at one skill set and they never build an actual business because they keep on bouncing around to like the next hot thing. And it, it just never works out because, because they never make, I mean, it goes all the way back to make, manage, multiply. They, mm-hmm. they don't find the one skill that's going to get them to a quarter million dollars. They don't build their business in the managed stage. Like, and like we teach, once you get past that, once you make a million dollar company, you can use all those skills that you've learned to go apply it to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, all the way back to my experience, right? Like working in all these big tech companies, I was able to apply what I learned there for our business. Yeah. Right. So you have to gain the skills before you can actually, you know, grow a business. Yeah. So what do you think about um, what you have seen from 
Well, we'll talk about acquisitions here in a second, but because <laughs> that that's that's yeah, a fun that's, topic. Yeah, super fun. But one thing that I've been starting to do with you is taking you with me yeah. on all these trips. And that was obviously a conscious decision. I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me bring Javi with me to just keep getting him more experience and seeing these big name people or these events or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever. And then obviously I get to spend time with you to talk more about the business and grow and everything else. It's the only time I see you these days. I know. That's why I'm like, <laughs> just come vacation with me. Yeah. You know? So, and we, we share a bed and everything's mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, we, we, we save cost. <laughs> That's how I really got the job guys. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The truth comes out. Oh, so anyways, um, you know, we're, we're probably traveling like once a month, yep. uh, to just different things. What have you, what have you learned from that? Uh, biggest takeaway is no one does events like we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've learned that I, I've learned that, you know, Number also everyone's just trying to figure it out too, right? Like yeah. um everybody's just op like anybody who you think has it together is just trying to figure it out just <laughs> like you. They they might be a little further along in the process, but I keep on we keep on referencing it, but they just took more action and they're still just trying to figure it out. They're so, testing. They're yeah. constantly testing. Yeah, That's exactly. I, I don't call it failing. I call no. it testing. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and people who f- if you're a failure, it's just because you quit. Right. Yeah. Like really like people, how many businesses do entrepreneurs start before they have a successful one? Typically, I forget a the lot, stat. Yeah. It's like seven or eight or something crazy. Yeah. Um, so learned that, um, learned that you were a machine also <laughs> <laughs> like to be like to consistently go network with people, then hop on stage, then think about the next thing immediately. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, I th- I think th- those are the biggest ones. Um, and my nickname is the machine. Yeah. By the way, it you, is now. It, Has it, was it before? No, it's always been the machine. Really? When, yeah. when, how'd you get that? Uh, because people have just always called me a machine. Uh, even when I was playing baseball, they were just like, bro, you're like a machine. Um, and it, it might not have been like in the most best case. Cause like a lot of stuff, like I was stiff, like mm-hmm. a machine, but <laughs> also too, of like, dude, this guy, doesn't show emotion. He just like, like clockwork comes in, does his work. Doesn't matter how he feels. It just gets whatever needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Right. No emotion attached to it. Yep. And then, you know, when I got into business it was the same thing. I was like, I'm taking, it, it comes from being emotionless really mm-hmm. there. I'm like, I'm taking my emotions out of this situation. I'm going to make the very best decision. Like, so I got good at like separating emotion from being rational. Yep. And then I think it started to continue from just what people would see me do. Cause they'd be like, bro, how did you just film six podcasts? And I'll be yeah. like, I don't know. Cause I had to film six podcasts. Like it was just what they inputted into my computer of like, Hey, you got six today. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, all right, all right. Well, that's what I do. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to get done. Um, same thing with like the wealth cons people are like, bro, how do you stay locked in for four days straight at wealth yeah. con? I'm like, I don't know. I just do. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like filming five hours of reels straight. People are like, how can you film five hours straight of reels? I'm like, I just do it. I have to. Um, and then when I had the five day fast recently, people were asking, they're like, how did you just do that workshop and film? I filmed 60 reels with people yeah. on day five. Yeah, 60 reels was on stage talking for like at least an hour each day. <laughs> yeah. Like, and 
having energy, showing up. And like, I could notice a little bit towards the end, just cause like I spent so much time around you, mm-hmm. but like to everybody else, you were still so on point, like, yeah. and, and you're still pretty on point, but like, yeah. um, it, it's, it's impressive for sure. So I, I think those are the biggest takeaways. And I, I do appreciate though that time because like we're able to talk strategy, you're able to like figure things out. And that's like, cause we don't, you and I at least don't do traditional like one-on-one meetings. Yeah, yeah. So like that, so that's good time for us too, to like, okay, Hey, this, this is everything that's going on at media. This is everything that I see going on here, there, yeah. and, and you know, working those things out and we're efficient with our time too. You know, yeah. if, if we're going to go, like we were just in LA for a filming thing, we played golf. We like, we were yep. bouncing all over the place, just meeting with people and all that good stuff. Yeah, too. We had a business meeting, golf, mm-hmm. we filmed, ate good food. That was, it was yep. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I almost went back to college. <laughs> yeah, we almost did. We yeah. almost went back to Northridge because I was like, well, we freaking our flight's not for like five hours. I, uh, You know what? I'm going to go visit the baseball team. And then <laughs> uh, we went to go drop the bags off and they're like, bro, you're too early. You can't drop the bags off. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to bring my golf clubs and stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't even know why I asked this. I was like, do you have an earlier flight? And they're like, yeah, it's in like 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was like. Let's just let's go just home. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds way better. <laughs> yeah. I'll see the team another yeah. time. But yeah, no, it's, 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 you know, we're constantly growing. And I think the big thing that you did really well, um, and that I always preach to people too, is like experiences. So like the fact that you worked at so many companies mm-hmm. has made you that much better today. The fact that I've started so many businesses, you know, done so many deals, like it's making me that film so many videos. Yeah. It's just making me that much better every time. And that's why each event gets better. Cause it's like, I speak on stage, I get better speakers. We know how to do the, the operation better and mm-hmm. market better. And like, we just like, everything gets better. The more you do stuff, yep. <laughs> it's repetition. That, and we also connect with people who are more experienced than us. Yeah. And so that's, again, great plug for Wealthy Investor, all of our other coaching programs. If you don't have experience, yeah, go network with people who do. Yeah. And shortcut that time span because that's what we do really well is we and take up that information, then we go apply it to our businesses and then we use our experience for the next time around, for yep. sure. Yep. So speaking of that, um, one of the newest things we're doing is Pineda Partners. Yep. So, you know, this is where we're acquiring businesses. Um, if you guys have a business that's doing over a million bucks, um, you can apply for partnership at PinedaPartners.com or Pineda Part. PinedaPartners.com. Yeah, there's an S. Yep. Mm-hmm. PinedaPartners.com. And, um, you know, we, we've gotten a ton of leads with very little marketing. Yep. And now that like my... Because, you know, it's funny, right? It's like buying a car. So let's just say you're you're back at Toyota yeah, <laughs> and you're really eyeing the Tacoma and you're like, man, dude, I want to buy that Tacoma. Then all of a sudden what happens every time you're on the road, you notice every Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it is with new cars. Like, especially if you just bought one or you're thinking of buying one, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, you see it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of like what's happened with business acquisition for me because the lens at which I used to look was always startup, like mm-hmm. new business. Cool. Let's start this thing from the ground up. And then, you know, the more you start to realize like time is like your number one resource as you start to get, as you start to grow more wealth, time becomes more valuable, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll always pay to shortcut. So like on the entry level, right? The reason you join wealthy investors because you're paying to shortcut mm-hmm. the learning curve of what yeah. it would normally take you. 
right? Hiring VAs, staff, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll learn it way faster, which mm-hmm. if it would have taken you a year to learn, but you learn it in a month, how much more money can you make now the remaining 11 months? Exactly. It, it'll be way more than what you paid to learn it, right? So it's good to trade money to shorten time frame, right? Or to even make the time frame more certain mm-hmm. because there's also, if you don't learn that you do nothing. <laughs> yeah. So like you're basically paying for more certainty and speed. Now with acquisition, um, it's interesting because right, a lot of times I've, I've been presented business opportunities like, oh, well you could buy this business, a couple million bucks, whatever. And I'd be like, but I could just start it for free. Why am mm-hmm. I going to buy it? You know, and I can get there like in time, I'll get there instead of paying. And then, you know, that's what I've always done. But then you start to really think about it and run the analysis and you're like, okay, but let's just say I did buy it for a million, right? They've already got all these customers, all these revenues, infrastructure, people. How long does it take me to get to that point? Mm -hmm. And you start running the math and you're like, okay, I mean, let's just say it takes me two years to get to where they're at. Right. And then, you know, you're, you're just looking at it and you're like, well, if I had them today, how much would I make the next two years with where they're at today? And you'd like run the math both ways. And you're like, it actually does make sense to acquire. Yep. And then you, like you talked about earlier, your operators, right? You, you get a built-in team ready to go. You don't have to go hire all these people. And if they've gotten to this, you know, seven figures place, you know, they must know something. Yeah. Right? So you're, you're able to partner with the the talent along with, you know, getting a business further along. Yeah. And it's, it's safer too, because they've already proven it. Yeah. Like a startup, you just don't know, you know? So it's like, they already have a proven model that obviously you're buying it to improve it. Of course. But for the most part, like it's pretty safe, you know, it works. So, you know, acquisition is something that I never really thought about. And then also too, I didn't realize just how prevalent it was to acquire companies without even having to spend money. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many businesses that, you know, are willing to partner if I come on board. Right. And the thing is, like with me coming on board, it's like there, there's lots of different value I can bring just mm-hmm. depending on what the business needs. Right. If the business needs, you know, strategy. Right. We we have so many resources with strategy. We have so many experiences from other businesses. We can provide strategy to grow, fix problems, all that stuff. Two is relationships. A lot of businesses are one relationship away, right? Mm -hmm. We we just talked about that. Oh, you know, you you need this guy, whatever. Like a funny thing. So one of the companies we're acquiring, I'll tell this story. I won't tell the company, but uh, they're SaaS company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were just doing our, you know, talks and negotiations. And um, the owner sends a video of Dan Martell. He's like, hey, this is how Dan Martell does this. And he, you know, we we got to improve over here. And I was like, you know, like Dan Martell's like my buddy, right? Yeah, and he's on the podcast. Like. He was just here like a month ago. He's actually speaking at WealthCon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we don't have to watch his YouTube videos. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can actually just call him right now and like, he's happy to help. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I literally text Dan. Uh, and then within a minute later, Dan texts me back. He's like, tell me about the company. What's going on with it? Like he's in, yeah. he just loves it. Yeah. And so I'm like, here's the situation. Boom, boom, boom. And then like within 15 minutes, we have like all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. he's like, hey, you know, it, as long as it progresses and you get to the next stage, uh, assuming it's good, then 
let's set up like an hour call for all of us to talk about all these things. Right. Yeah. And, and by the way, he's not charging anything. Mm-hmm. It's just as a friend um, and all that. And so it's just like, you don't have that access. Like, exactly. You know, uh, I, I, and I do that. That was just one example where it was just like, we do that funny all the time. Like, all the yeah. Time. It's anytime we have a question, there's an expert that we can reach out to. Yeah. Which is so, great. so like, even with that company, um, another thing was like affiliates. It's like, man, how do we find affiliates? I'm like, you know, like I know all the biggest affiliate marketers in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we yeah. can, this, this is not that hard. Right. So it's like relationships are such a big part of this. Right. Um, you know, the, the exposure side's another one. And and that's one we don't typically try to do, um, where it's like, Hey, Ryan is going to promote. Right. Yeah. We do our best to like give, have all these other resources just because your brand space is so valuable. Promote so many things. Yeah. And so why not if promote what so, we're going to have a hundred percent of? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But also too, it's like, you you know, you don't want to just promote a million different things. And yeah, you know, that's kind of already a problem for us, but the, as we add, keep adding companies, like that's always something people want. They're yeah. Like, oh, well, are you going to help promote it? And we're like, well, that you're asking for different value things. Yeah. Us providing strategy is one thing. Us like making these key relationships mm-hmm. is another thing. Us Ryan promoting it is another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, us raising capital if the business needs money is another thing because we can do that too. Yep. You know, multiple different streams for capital. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to that end, like we can come into a business and help a lot in lots of different ways. And, um, you know, it just depends on how big the opportunity is and, you know, what the owner is willing to do, what they need us to do. And is it a good fit, you know, culturally, you know, do we share aligned values and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's just it's it's a whole new lens for me to like tie it all together because before it was always like, well, I'll just do that. You know, I'll just start it myself or mm-hmm. I won't do it at all. So like for existence, the SaaS business, I'd have just been like, yeah, I'm not starting SaaS company. Yeah, like, that, that's a cool business you have. But <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go hire coders and do yeah, the whole yeah. thing. I mean, we have we've done it with hikes, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We, just we've developed a lot, but it's not a thing that we want to get into. Yeah. But if a company already has an existing product and service and it's dialed in and it's legit. Yeah. We'll sell the heck out of it. Yeah. We yeah. need, you know, you need help building a marketing department and a sales department. We can totally do that for sure. You know, you need help intros into these spaces. We can totally do that. You know, um, you know, do you want it a booth at the event and like a chat, mm-hmm. like we can totally do things like that. And yeah. so that's, yeah, that's the cool part too. Like at, because we have, this network of it's close to about like 1500 students across all of our different um, coaching programs. If it makes sense for our students, we have a built in customer boost right away, which 100%. is, Oh yeah. Which is great. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there, there are things that they're, that are valuable that they're going to want to use anyway. Right. 100%. They're, like so. we're, we're going to tell them cause they need it. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I mean like the acquisition side has been huge because now my lens is like, it's it's so interesting because he came to one of our events yeah, and we were just talking and he's telling me about the business. He's like, bro, I need like help marketing. Like we're, you know, we're stagnant. We, I want to figure out how we can really jumpstart this. And I'm like, tell me about the business. Tell me about the business. And usually what I would do is I'd be like, well, you know, like I'll give you whatever two cents I have at that very moment, which mm-hmm. is, it can be valuable, but like, let's be real. You have giving no you information. a minute of advice. Yeah. 
isn't like going <laughs> to change anything really. <laughs> right. So like, usually it's like, Hey, if you just join X program, in this case, they were there for wealthy creator to learn marketing. I'm like, if you just join this, then, you know, that's going to help you do content and organic. And maybe you become a client of Panay Media or whatever. And, you know, we can help you run content. Like I, those are ways we could totally help you and how I would have always did it. Mm -hmm. But instead now my lens is like, hey, let's go into acquisition mode and see like, are there potential partnerships? And I'm like, you know, dude, honestly, this is something that I'd be interested in partnering with you on yeah. if you're open to it. And he's like, well, I'd never considered that, but like, let's have a meeting about it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how it goes. Yep. And that was like three weeks ago. Now we're over here. Yeah. On the, the, the home stretch. Of yeah. The finalizing everything. Yep. Yeah. So, so. yeah. And this one's fast, mm -hmm. but, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting on the acquisition side. What have you seen? Um, yeah, I, I think it's, oh, it definitely opened up my eyes to our abilities and how in demand our skill set is really yeah. like in, and how few people have figured out the sales and marketing side. Obviously those aren't our only strengths and skill, like, but we do that extremely well. So yeah, it, it, my experience with working with all these other companies and now coming here to know that marketing just trumps all. I think that's like yeah. the, the overarching theme of everything is if because of what we've built, number one, we have a great lead funnel for the par uh, partnerships and for businesses, but we have one of the most in-demand skill sets out there. And so a lot of people are willing to give up big pieces of their company just to work with you yeah, and, and work with us. Yeah. And I think our biggest challenge now is just going to be building out, like we talked about this, but truly building out the Panetta partners team Yeah, where like we have like three of me yeah. and then having like our, our own dedicated, almost it's, it's like another Panetta company, honestly, where it's like, yeah. we're going to have our sales master. We're going to have our marketing master our, our like all these yeah. people who are going to come in and build out the team. Cause right now you and I can do it, yeah. but we're going to need those pieces. So I, I'm already, I mean, I guess that's how my mind works. I'm already thinking about like, how, how are we going to build out this whole backend system to support all the demand that we're going to have and make sure we're not missing out on opportunities. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and by the way, for anyone listening, uh, you know, the, just consulting for equity basically is what that's called is mm -hmm. like where you come in, you're not paying to, to buy into the company. You're basically earning sweat equity through, all the resources and work you're going to do. Um, that's not the only way we acquire. So mm -hmm. like there are businesses we're looking at where um, it's simply capital, right? Yep. And we're not going to go in and do all the stuff that we're talking about. And we're just like, they need a capital infusion. Obviously we're going to meet with the team and like, you know, point out things that mm -hmm. we see and can help it grow. Cause we want to see our capital Improve. succeed. Yeah. But you know, there's a difference between that and versus like, Hey, we're like coming in. Yeah. And we're going to come in, we're going to, you know, hire, do whatever we need to do, give you guys SOPs, frameworks. So there's obviously just different levels of involvement based on the deal and all that good stuff for sure. Yeah. And it could yeah. be a deal of both of like, Hey, we're going to do that. Plus bring some capital to the table. You know? Yeah. So, so every deal is different. So point is if you're making over a million bucks and you know, you're, you're looking to scale and you, you know, want to partner with us, PanetaPartners.com. You can submit all your info. Um, we're just looking at companies left and right. Yep. Super exciting. And I think there's a lot of great companies that are 
already applying or what, so. what's been your biggest feedback from going through the applications and talking to owners? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of interesting businesses out there. <laughs> um, the, there, there was uh, a couple of taco places. I'm like, that's cool, but <laughs> not for me. <laughs> I, I, I do taco El Gordo. Yeah, no, I, pff, I would for sure do tacos. <laughs> El Gordo. Well, I, I think like long term, I would for sure love to do like a healthy taco spot at some point, like mm. just really good ingredients and whatever. So that would that that's a little passion project or something down the road. But um, yeah, I, I think it's that. Hey, we I might think, be able to add that in the one business yeah, we're doing. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, Pokey like, tacos. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, that, and then a lot of people overvalue their business. A yeah. lot of people are, you got to find, and this is a good thing for partnerships too. You got to find the right operators that are already running the business that aren't going to get super emotional because our goal, I mean, to be for most of these businesses to sell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like our goal. And, and that's something that anybody should know who wants to partner with us, right? Like we want to go in, supercharge it. And then for most of these companies get sell and, you make know, a fat profit. Yeah. Make a fat profit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no yeah. better way to say it. Yeah. So if you want to make a lot of money, Pinatapartners.com. Um, but yeah, the, we deal with these, some of these people who like are super emotional with their business and it's like, okay, you're probably not going to be the best fit for us. I mean, yeah. we even did that one call, uh, again, won't talk about uh, who, who they are, but you could tell that, that that's something that's a big passion project for them. And they, 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 they value that business, all, uh, very highly and it might not make the most sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, and the thing is like with valuing the business and everything, right? So it's like, for one, I mean, if your business is making, you know, a million bucks and let's just say revenue, mm -hmm. right. It's, it's going to be hard for it to really even be worth anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and most people have this false assumption. Like I learned that real quick with my house living business. I was like, bro, we're like making millions of dollars. And they're like, your business is worth zero. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. I mean, who'd want to buy this? And I'm like, well, I have a team. I have like, I'm yeah. not they're like, yeah, but you, you need uh capital. So, you know, are your private lenders going to come with it? Uh, mm -hmm. what, how long are they going to stay on? You know, uh, you've got your face on like this TV commercial and everything. So how long is that going to stay on? Um, you know, it's buying real estate. So you don't have any like actual assets or anything. Like you have yeah. no recurring revenue you have. You're only <laughs> as good as your next deal. Yep. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess it Man. doesn't sound like that great of a business <laughs> yeah. to buy, huh? Well, yeah, it's the same thing as, I mean, with education. I mean, it's a yeah. great, great, great business. And I think you said you, that's like one business you would, never would want to sell. But if you if you did want to sell it, yeah. there's yeah. not that many buyers for it. Cause it's the same thing. It's your face is everywhere, yeah. um, et cetera. But yeah. And yeah. I think it could sell, which I don't want to, like you said, but it could sell in like, more of a minority stake. Yeah. You know, so or like, like you stay on at a certain capacity or something. Yeah. It's right? like, Hey, maybe I'll go sell 30% to this company. And so they know I'm obviously going to do it because I still own yeah. a majority. Um, so I think like it could sell in that fashion, mm -hmm. but yeah, to say completely sell and Ryan's out. Yeah. Been like, Dude, what am I going to buy? Yeah. There's nothing here. Um, <laughs> even though like we have built a lot, it's just like the business like the, people are looking for it as a true asset of yeah. like, yo, this is not should be an investment yeah. die because the CEO is gone, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, it's interesting, right? Because that's, um, I, now that I'm in acquisition mode, I see why certain businesses get certain multiples. It yeah. makes complete sense to me now. I'm like, okay, this is why like smaller businesses 
get bad multiples because the big companies don't want to buy them. Like they're too small. It's not worth their time. And so you're only dealing with like mom and pop people who would buy that business. They have less money Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get a better deal. Whereas the big PE firms are basically what I was talking about before, where they have unlimited money. Yeah. It's time. Mm -hmm. That's their problem. So they're like, yo, you built this company to, you know, let's just say we came in when the company was doing 5 million bucks and we got it to 30 million bucks and then we exited to a PE firm and made great money. Mm-hmm. The PE firm is now going to try and take it from 30 million to yep. 60 to 80 mm-hmm. and then flip it again to yep. another PE firm <laughs> that does bigger deals, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's, that's just the name of the game. And so for like that middleman PE firm, um, they need to get as many of those $20 million businesses, $30 yep. million businesses. Pop, and there's, there's, there's only so many of them, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of businesses doing $30 million a year. So yep. for them, they have to pay a higher multiple to stay competitive and they just know that they're going to get an even higher multiple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, or they, they do a wrap up, right. Or they, they yep. or roll up and yep. then they, um, you know, and that's what I think we're might even end up doing too. There's yeah. a lot of, a lot of options. So yeah, it's, and that's where you get like these big, like Blackstone and all these other hedge funds coming in and just buying, you know, 500 car washes or something crazy. Right. right? Yeah. And so, uh, it's exciting, I guess, to say the least of like where we're going and yeah. the, all of our options. Yeah. But I guess the point to your, what you said was people overvalue their business. Oh yeah. And the, you know, that's the thing, right? If your business is, you know, totally dependent on you, mm-hmm. then it's probably not worth much. You know, if it's in an industry that's not like super appealing, it's probably not worth much. So like house flipping's not a super appealing industry, right? Mm-hmm. It's just... You have to put up a lot of capital to make money. You're only as good as the next deal. There's no recurring revenue. There's none of that stuff, right? So like, even though it's great for us, we're like, dude, you can make a million dollars house flipping. For an end buyer, they're looking at this and comparing it to other opportunities that could be buying. Where can my money go? Yeah, should Mm -hmm. I buy a franchise? Should I buy this business, that business? Mm -hmm. So, you know, could I just buy real estate myself and, and put it there? Is that a better return than buying this business and operate it. Cause guess what? When you buy a business, like it's way different than real estate. So different. You're, you're buying an operation <laughs> and it's not passive. You have to run it. Yeah. I mean, you have to run it. You're dealing with people and emotions and all these other dynamics that you're acquiring. So yeah, it's, it's very, very different than real estate. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like even for, for that, just to your point, like it's been, it's been good when we've seen the partners who like understand what the business is, it's mm-hmm. value, the value we're bringing and yep. the, like those usually and, end up panning out. And our goals are aligned, yeah. uh, like our end goals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too, is like you, you talked about roll-ups and in industry. So, you know, I was talking about franchises earlier because franchise has such a huge multiple, mm-hmm. you know, the SaaS company we're talking about has such a huge multiple. And we're all like in alignment of like, hey, we want to get that multiple, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. free cash flow is great, you know, which is how most business operates. They're just trying to make their net profit. But if somebody tells you they're going to go give you 15 times what you net profit, take it, you, you know, it's <laughs> like, all right, we made, you know, 5 million bucks, 10 million bucks net, right? Yep. Like in this, like, man, that's a great business. You guys could do that. But you can also sell it for a hundred million plus right now. 
that's, yep. that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're in the Dominican. We, we all got our islands and we're good. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to Costa Rica. Oh yeah, that's right. That's so right. We're Costa in Costa Rica, Rica but mm-hmm. yeah, we all got a, a house in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. We're living good. Yeah. You got a mansion. I got a little condo. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually rent you a casita yeah. on my property. <laughs> yeah. I'm paying Ryan rent. You know? it's, it's whatever. It's cool. It's part of the perks. I'm here. <laughs> You'll have a good time either way. Yeah. As, as long as I get you don't a, like, have a family yet. You don't yeah, need no, it. yeah, we're good. I, I got like a good two years left on me. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Costa Rica ain't going to pay for itself. We're going to have to exit some yeah, companies. PinedaPartners.com. Ryan needs Costa Rica. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, so it, it's been fun talking to these different business owners too and seeing like all the different ways people make money. That's been yeah. what's eye opening to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy does what? Yeah. And it's, and so this is kind of unrelated, but I, I got dinner, I was at the win and I was talking to the guy who does all of the bag packaging for like Louis Vuitton, Chanel. So not, so not the actual bags, the packaging. Oh. So, you know, like how you get like a, a, a Louis the bag. The stuff or, to like yeah, make it yeah, plush? Well, no, no. The, uh, like the, the, the cloth bags. So like it comes like, oh, yeah, like yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. bag comes in got it. and do like had like a hundred thousand dollar AP on and just raking in cash. I think he was, I, I forget how much money he was making, but the point being right, just the riches in these small little like niches that people have. And you can make so much money because yeah, he was like the head supplier for all the luxury brands. I was like, that's crazy. That I don't even know crazy. how you get in. I don't even know how you get into that. How industry. much was he making? Did he say? I, I mean, he, he was, it was like 50, 60 million plus. Like, and, and I was like, dude, just, and, and he's like, yeah, my, I, I have like a couple manufacturers out in China and that's it. Like, and that's his whole operation. He just does deals. And so, and I know, and then he's also, he does like some chicken franchises, and a few <laughs> other things too. But yeah, his main business, how he made all of his money was, uh, was, was through that. But yeah, I, I forget exa- Like that's what he was like taking home too. So I don't know what his actual business was worth. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, and who knows? Well, how you know, did you meet him? Um, he bought me a drink at the bar. Yeah. So it was. Um, so you guys were just hanging out. You were just yeah. At, so um, at the bar. Yeah. So my uh, my my buddy came into town, and we were um, and so we we went and we were waiting for our table to open up. Um, and he's like, oh, let me buy these two young guys a shot. I, I think <laughs> these he, two hustlers. Yeah. No, he just wanted to. Honestly, I think he just wanted to talk. Yeah. yeah. He, he was there solo. Yeah. And so yeah, we 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 got we got a drink with him and we we're chatting like in between before we got our table. And so yeah, I was like, did you get his number? I yeah, I, I have his oh, card. So right, if, if we ever. Need need packaging services well no see now i'm looking through the eyes of everything yeah and in, now, as I'm, an investor well or, so like obviously i'm i'm, I'm probably not going to buy his packaging business mm-hmm. but unless he wants to i don't know what no no I, I meant more so like he, he has cash right capital, right and that's right, what i was yeah. getting at is like he's he'd be a good private money lender um obviously he's good for like relationships and resources he's already bought franchises <laughs> yep he's i'm gonna sell him 20 franchises yep um but yeah, not, but look, that, that goes back to get in the right rooms, right? So mm-hmm. like, that was a nice steakhouse. Yeah, <laughs> go go. What what where place were you at? Uh, SW. Yeah, SW. So you know, if you start hanging out where rich people hang out, right? So if they're mm-hmm. if you're in a coaching program, like you're gonna meet people. Like WealthCon, mm-hmm. it's literally called WealthCon. Yeah, people who are wealthy are gonna be there. Yeah. Um, golf clubs. Yeah, I golf a lot. Uh, that's another thing I met, um, guy last, last time I was playing golf with Brian at the country club, that guy had like a bunch of restaurants here in Vegas did does pokey. So yeah, just getting around the right people. Um, 
I, you know, Equinox, Lifetime, yeah. all these nice gyms. I know you got a home gym now, so you're, yeah. I don't network as much as I should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like masterminds, like YPO. I've met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, where else do I meet people? I'm not so fortunate at the Win Bar that that <laughs> doesn't happen to me. You're just not approachable, man. <laughs> You're a machine. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy my dinner, man. Yeah, get out of here. Um, yeah, so uh, just being in the right rooms and you know, capitalizing on those net, uh, networking events that you can go to. Also, I think a lot of people come to you now, too. That, right. That's the thing. I'm I'm like a trapper. Yeah. You know, there's there's hunters and there's trappers. The hunters go out and like try and meet people and do things and make it happen, put themselves in scenarios that th- those conversations can happen. A trapper puts out stuff and hopes that people find it and come to him. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I just put out content. Whoever is interested, come on through. Yep. <laughs> and like, I'll be here, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not going to go seek out my, you know, person. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's funny because in, in Bible study, one of our guys is holding a meetup today. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm holding this meetup. It's going to be big. And he's got some good speakers in Vegas. And I was like, oh, when, like, what time is it? He's like 630. And, you know, you should totally come. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can, you know, you could speak and all this stuff. And, you know, I just thought about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's just like... I think I forget when you said this, but it's like you just don't like need to network with the real estate guys anymore. Like, you know, everybody. Yeah. And like, will it help HRO? Maybe. Yeah. But like everybody already knows who you are in town. Yeah. So like it's not the best use of time. Yeah. Right. So um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but I it, might I might have luck. a surprise appearance. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't bet the, on it. The Bucky is putting it at 50 to one. Yeah. Uh, Ryan might drive by. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's funny. Uh, yeah. But what, so what, I mean, so, uh, I mean, this is the longest job you've ever had, dude. Um, yeah. Let's think. No, uh, um, I did stay at Get Around for two years, so we're we're getting close here. You're getting uh, better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, keep doing fun things and keep on starting new businesses and giving me new challenges, and I'll be here for a while. Yeah, and, and, and pay if, me if, if I don't do then pay me. <laughs> yeah. If I don't do that, then I I won't even be around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so so that, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm happy uh, happy where I'm at. I, I think it's been a fun ride so far, and we're gonna keep growing. One thing I'll say about you. And I was actually telling the students this yesterday on the all-star call because um, we were just talking about scaling companies and stuff. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, like, let's talk about, you know, hiring talent and all these things. And so, you know, I was talking about you, actually. And I was like, you know, one thing I appreciate about Javi is he holds one of our core values very seriously, train daily. Like he is constantly trying to get better like in lots of things. And I started to think about your, you know, your personality and like your desire to, to get better. Right. So it's like, you know, number one, like the very first day when you came to the office Mm -hmm. three years ago, you're like, Hey, I want to get better. I want to learn from these guys. Right. There we go. Um, two, you know, the moment you became COO and stuff, you're like, Hey, I need to go get COO coaching. Do you care if I buy this? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. I'm like, sure. Cool. I didn't tell you to do it. Like you did it. Um, three, I don't know if you you know you do this or not, but 
you know, probably at least once um, a week or every other week during one of our conversations, like you'll give me an update and then you'll be like, Hey, by the way, is there anything I can improve on? And usually there's nothing. And usually I'm like, I don't know, dude, like, yeah, go ask somebody else. <laughs> just, just keep going. I, you'll know yeah. when you're messing up. Uh, but then sometimes I have some things, but like, yeah. you know, it's that constant, um, desire to improve, you know, and, and like living the wealthy way too. Right. Like, you know, we've worked out together a lot. Yep. Uh, we value, you know, culture. You're like, Hey Ryan, we, we should really have a team outing. Mm-hmm. Right. And we should do this. Like, you know, so like you're, you're really like for me, one of my, obviously it's a core value, but like you really set the standard on like train daily. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I think because I, it comes back to, so I dropped out of college too. I, I didn't mention that, but I've always yeah. had like a slight, at least you're not Brian Davila who's yeah. <laughs> didn't even finish high school. <laughs> yeah. But with that came like a big chip on my shoulder for a long time too, where I'm like, okay, like I, if I'm doing this, like at the time I think I was like, making like 60 grand. I'm like, I'm rich. I'm making yeah. more than median income. So whatever. But like, then I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do to learn? Right. Or like, how am I going to keep leveling up? So it just kind of came on to like, I, I have to get better. I have to improve. Otherwise, like I might get left behind. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was my, my mentality for the first like four or five years of my career. And I think it just kind of like continued. And like, obviously I didn't play sports at the highest uh, at your level, but you know, just coming from like that sports background and constantly wanting to get better. And for me, like, I don't understand, like, I can't get, I can't give myself feedback. Like I can look and I can see, but I like, I need that from other people. So like, I'll ask you or I'll ask Brian or even people who work under me or work, work for me, you know, I was like, Hey, like, how can I get better as your leader or how can we improve our meetings, et cetera? Cause like, yeah. I also know where you're going and where the, where we can take the business and it's going to require a new set of skills that I don't necessarily have yet. And that's yeah. part of the reason why I got the COO coaching or whatever. Right. So for every stage that we've been at, I'm like, okay, how can I get better? And so I don't get left behind. Yeah. So well, I mean, so I don't get left behind right. and also like, so I don't get bored either too. Right. So yeah. like, obviously the darker side is so I, <laughs> so I don't get left behind or I get, you know, a, a new job or whatever. Right. Um, but the, the, the lighter side is <laughs> so I, so I keep growing, so I keep learning and, and, and life still stays fun for me too. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, they, they say people are more motivated by fear than pleasure. Oh, for sure. And it's 1000% true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's, 10% of people get motivated by like the pleasure of whatever mm-hmm. the reward. Yeah. But if the fear is like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to get left behind. Like that will motivate you a lot, which yeah. you just said. Well, yeah, it, it's definitely a mix of both because I'm like, I know what I'm capable of. And like, I know like what the kind of lifestyle that I want and like, I know the opportunity that I have too. So I'm like, I, I have it in my hands if I don't mess it up. So like, as long as I don't mess literally it up. I'm in the end zone. I see the, the pass coming and I'm like, don't drop this ball. <laughs> don't drop the bag. Yeah. That's yeah. what they say in sports. A lot of people have dropped the bag. Yeah. Can't drop or, the no, bag. They, no, they say fumble the bag. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Can't. You can't yeah. fumble the bag. Us and the, our, our, our hip 17 year old is like, uh, our our hip 16 year old is like, don't fumble the bag. Don't fumble the bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I'm a Lakers fan. And so uh, we fumbled hard. Well, we fumbled, but uh, Dennis Schroeder fumbled the bag. Yeah. Back in, back when he was like three years ago, he got offered like 80 million over four years. He, he didn't take it. And then mm-hmm. he settled for like a $5 million deal. <laughs> so yeah. That, that's like, also a lesson in knowing what you have right in front of you. 
We actually, okay, this is actually an interesting thing. (laughs) So uh, a lot of people start to overvalue Mm -hmm. what like success changes people. And unfortunately, like they start to believe, I don't know, like (laughs) their own, their own narrative, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And we have seen that happen um, in just employees, partners, businesses, and, you know, I like to I like to think I'm a machine and I'm very objective and fair on what I do. And you can correct yep, me if no, I'm wrong. No, I, I would agree with that. I think yeah. like obviously you're always gonna have your best interest, but you're pretty fair. Yeah. Like I, I would say like more fair than most people could be in your position. Yeah. Like I think I'm I'm very like clear on what my value is mm-hmm. and what the person's value is. I would agree. Who's working. And so it's like, hey, look. Like I could try to strong arm you because like I also am a a savage negotiator. So I also know like mm-hmm. basically <laughs> what happened, like what their other options are. Yeah. What happens if it doesn't work out? Right. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm like, well, you know, I could use leverage and be like, you know what? Like I know if y- y- you're not going to have an opportunity. So like this is your best. For chance, sure. Right. Yeah. Like I, I could do that, but I don't like I'm like, hey. Like, this is what I value, like what you do for this company. And I know it's way more than what you could do elsewhere, but I'm still going to pay you it. Yeah. Right. That's essentially what I'm getting at. And so, you know, I feel like I'm pretty fair um, for the most part in all these things. And, um, you know, in the end, some people still like, I don't know, they, they maybe take it for not granted, but they, they start to get entitlement mm-hmm. and, you know, with a lot of success and stuff comes entitlement, everything else. And then like, whatever happens, happens. And in my mind, I can very clearly see how things play out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know where you were at before this. I know what happens after you leave this. Yep. Like, okay. If you think <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Well, that, and I think people forget like how diverse your network is and kind of what we talked about before where it's like if you like not only are do we have people that we can ask questions to we have people who want to work with us right yeah. like and i'm you're replaceable yeah I, and like i understand like the value that i bring but i also understand that like you could eventually be hard but you could eventually find somebody to do what i do right mm-hmm. um if, but i'd like to think that because i'm leveling up and doing other things that you know i will continue to be the best the best choice, best choice. Right. But a lot of people don't real don't might forget about that when they're working with you. Well, and this goes to a whole nother point of not just working with me, but like, I think everyone should have that mindset all the time Yep. with everything in life. Agreed. For example, I'm Mindy's husband. We're about to sep- or celebrate. <laughs> I almost said separate. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, guys, actually, I have some news. So, <laughs> there's a reason Javi and I've been oh, traveling together. <laughs> so, no, so Mindy and I, obviously, we're celebrating 10 years of marriage in October. It's going to be amazing. Yep. Now, I could believe my own stuff and mm-hmm. celebrate the success of our marriage and kind of cash it in sure and and be like yo you know complacent like i'm complacent things are good she needs me like look Mm -hmm. at all this stuff that i've built for our family like i could totally do that or i could have the mindset of like yo like 
I need to keep leveling up as a husband and as a dad, because guess what? Like if I start going down, you know, what, what happens there, right? Mm -hmm. She start thinking about other scenarios, like how does this trickle down to the kids? Like if I'm not constantly leveling up and doing the things I need to do, um, there's no guarantee of anything. Yeah. You know, no matter how good things have been to this point, the moment you stop performing mm-hmm. in any aspect of life, your job, your marriage, your duties as a as a father, do, like nothing's yeah. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And things can change so quickly and a lot of people take things for granted. And I think another point that you were about to make, too, is like, you know, you could be someone's best option. Right. But that doesn't mean you need, you need to treat it as such and, you know, not show up for yeah. your family or for your business partner or whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, yeah, you, you touch on a great point. Yeah. And so, you know, this goes back to um, just business and egos and mm-hmm. things changing. And, you know, to your point, it's like the opportunities are endless. Like I, I'm not going to have a problem getting another business or Mm -hmm. finding another employee. But does that mean that I'm going to treat all my employees like that of like, you're you're replaceable. No, I don't treat people like that. Like I'm very fair. And I'm like, Hey, this is what you are worth. But the moment you start to tell me you're worth way more than what you think you are, or like what I know you are, at least at this current point in time to the business and your skill set, then that's when we're going to have problems. And you know, that's had to happen before. Yep. And it probably will continue to happen. It will continue. It will continue to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think. But I like to think I uh, I can objectively identify like the value and, you know, for for me anyways, like, okay, if this person, because uh, I always think worst case, that's just literally mm-hmm. what I thought about when I flipped my first house. Yeah. That's what I, I'm like, okay, like, As what, you should. yeah, what's the worst case scenario? This person leaves. What do I do from here? So I start running the exercise in my head and I'm like, okay, well. This would happen. This would happen. This is how long it would take me to find a replacement. They'd be, you know, this good, which could be either worse or better, mm-hmm. you know, like, yep. uh, and then you start running the scenarios. You're like, yeah, it's really not that big a deal if they leave. Right. If, if mm-hmm. they're not that great. Yeah. Then, you know, you run the scenario of like a good person leaving and you're like, man, this guy would be really tough to replace. Like, sure. We can definitely find one at some point, but it, yeah, it'll who, take a while. Who knows how long it's going to take, how much money we're going to lose because mm-hmm. it takes long this guy to find this person, you know, and then the next person we hire, who knows, like we know exactly what we're going to get with this person. And now you start to think, okay, like this person has basically this value based on like, you know, what's it going to cost to hire the next person and mm-hmm. how long it's going to take. All, uh, yeah. You, it, definitely. And like, you get to see that because you're the one hiring people. Mm -hmm. And so you get to see like these negotiations with people and like, you know, if they're asking for way more than what they're worth. Yeah. And that's like, again, how big is the problem that they're solving too? Right. Right. Like how, how much like, so I, I will totally admit I probably overpaid for this operator at Pineda media. However, and not by a lot, but like I, 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 I gave a, I was pretty easy in the salary negotiations because number one, it's a huge problem for me. And like, like, what is my time worth? And like, how can I um, like go focus on all the other stuff that we're doing? And if they're really, really good at their job and it's as good as she says she is and as good as her resume looks like she's going to go build this business and multiply 
what she, what I'm paying her. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I learned from Gary too, was you're not paying for the entire year's salary. You're paying for three months of it. Yeah. Right. If they don't, if they're not 10 Xing what their salary is, then you got to move on. Right. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just they're connecting their salary to what problem they're solving and how much money I think they're going to bring in mm-hmm. too. And yeah. 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 hundred percent. I think too, like just for, for anyone listening, if you made it this far, by the way, you're stud. This, Thank you. this is a long podcast. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they're going to continue to get long. They, <laughs> Tavi just gave you a sneak peek. This is going to be a normal thing for us because, yep. uh, as we, like I said, at Panetti media, try to figure out what's happening. We know that longer podcasts are where YouTube wants and mm-hmm. where things are trending. So, you're going to be seeing some longer podcasts. I don't think I can go three hours like some of these guys do. Yeah. You know, one and a half more to comfy two. chair. <laughs> yeah, my, this chair is not it. But, you know, one and a half to two. That's uh, doable. Yeah, I can do that. But uh, now I already forgot what I was saying. Um, <laughs> if you made it this far. Oh, yeah. Um, if you made it this far, like I, my biggest piece of advice, if you're on the employee side or the owner side, is like truly try to be like a machine mm-hmm. and clearly identify value without any biases or object like just truly like what is this person worth okay to your business Mm -hmm. how hard are they to replace if they were to leave um what other opportunities does this person have like are they so good that you're actually not the best opportunity for them like they've got a lot of different things going on like that was that's been the case for you yep right where you're like man dude i've outgrown this i need to keep leveling up right um, you know, or is that employee not that great and you are their best opportunity? Yeah. They're still not performing. Right. So you got to figure that out, you know, from the owner's side, uh, on yourself, you need to make sure that you are constantly growing because you cannot attract people that are above you. A thousand percent. They, they're, they're not going to work for you. They're just like, bro, I'm going to go find somebody else who is fitting of my skill set or another company that, you know, is worthy of what Mm -hmm. I have to bring to the table and the experience I have. And so it's like, man, you better be improving as a business owner constantly if you want to attract that higher level talent. Yep. You got to level up as a business owner. You got to make sure that you have the right incentives in place for those people too, because, you know, whether it be financial, the emotional paycheck as well, like, Hey, do you have a mission that people can get behind? Do you like, that's what part of the reason why I like working here too. It's like, obviously I, growth potential from income, what I can do for my f- future family, all that type of stuff too. But it's like what we're growing on the mission side is, is important to me. And so can you provide those? Like what other other benefits are you going to be able to provide to your employees? They're going to make make them want to stay here. Yeah. And what kind of culture are you creating for, yeah. for the people who work for you? 100%. And if you're an employee, you know, the big thing is try to make yourself irreplaceable. Yeah. You know, like level up so good that it's like, bro, good luck finding another me. Yeah. There's, there are some people in our businesses that are just like so integral that if they, I would be, (laughs) I would be very sad if they left. Like, uh. (laughs) I'm like, oh geez. That, and, but uh, um, also though, as business owners, like what we're doing a lot of now is documenting as many SOPs as possible, making sure that, you know, if, if, if a cog in the wheel does leave, 
we have where you have all the documented processes in place so that somebody can fill that role almost immediately. So, and that's what all businesses should do. And, um, you know, there are whole consulting firms that do this just for business, for these large Fortune 500 companies. They come in, they interview every single person in the business and they basically document like, Hey, what places came like our single points of failure and how can we get rid of those? So as a business owner, you should be thinking about those pretty, um, regularly. Yep. 1000%. Well, I think I've I've had enough talking to you, Javi. Oh, that's I'll, fair. I'll see you on the the plane yep. next trip, wherever that is. Actually, yep. Cabo. Yep, Cabo. We uh, we have another meeting in like oh, I a got minute. Some, I got some. Yeah, we do. I yeah. have some new plans about Cabo. I'll have to share with you after. Uh oh, that's gonna make you maybe re rechange what you're thinking. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that's what we do at Panetta Company. We have a company retreat in yep. Cabo. It's gonna be tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, if you like the long form, like ultra long, let me know in the comments. Like if you stay to the end. Let me know in the comments that you have stayed. And um, I might actually go through those comments and maybe give like the first five people. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to give them a general admission ticket to WealthCon. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. If you've made it this long, like start commenting right now yep. and put and your email, put your email in the comment and just say, hey, I made it. Comment. I made it with your email and we're going to email you some tickets to WealthCon. And I'm going to do something too, because I'm building my personal brand. So shoot me a follow, J-A-V-C-H-A-V underscore on Instagram. First person to DM me, I'll do a VIP ticket to WealthCon. Oh, Javi's yeah. giving you a VIP. Yeah. I don't even know if he has the authority to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing well, I'm it. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> He's doing it. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Thanks for making it to the end. The good news is I've got another one that I know you're going to like, and all you got to do is click it right here. At 24 years old, when you're pursuing this dream your entire life ever since you were five years old and it's basically over to have that happen um it was rock bottom for sure